Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Daniel chapter 2, uh, this is part 2 of, of uh, the title, is by, But There is a God in Heaven Who Reveals Mysteries. And this is part 2, we'll finish up all the way to verse 49 tonight. Uh, and, and so, little history real quick. Chapter 1 dealt with Daniel and their friends as they were uh, pulled away in exile with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And um, they already had stood up once for for the diet uh not wanting to to eat the foods and um and to uh drink the wine that had been sacrificed to the gods and and the lord had uh was with them during that time and one of the big things that i love about this is is we're seeing these young men 14 15 years old standing up for the lord uh and and so uh Last week we talked about Nebuchadnezzar having a disturbing dream. And he was not able to get the dream answered by any of his uh, magicians or astrologers or uh, necromancers. They, they, they weren't able to interpret the dream. But we heard in, in the scripture that we were in last week that Daniel said, I'll, I'll seek God and get an answer. Tell the, the king I needed a point of time. And so let's pick it up in verse 17. I know we stopped in 22. But just so that way for the context of Scripture so we, we can stay on track with it. And it says, Then Daniel went to the house and made the matter known to Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah as companions and told them, Seek mercy uh, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his companions might not be uh, destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So that's one thing we need to remember is that Nebuchadnezzar had ordered all the wise men to be killed, and they had ordered him to be killed as well. And so uh, one of the things we talked about is, is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. It says, uh, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has uh, not another to lift him up. If they want to go with the kids, they can. Okay, there, Teresa's right back there, Michelle. They'll be fine. You know, they, hopefully they recognize her <laughs> or remember her. <laughs> All right, and then in verse 19 it says, "Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of night of the night." And Daniel, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And so he gets the vision, and the first thing he does is he blesses God. And it's something just for us to remember that God is in control. Uh, it is so easy when our circumstances seem just out of control to remember that we seek a God who's in control. Um, uh, and, and trust me, it, it, you know, there are things that are happening within the church as far as just praying about 
you know, space and, and, and working issues. And I can tell you, God is in control. Things are being set up. And, and, and it's amazing because you just see the Lord leading ahead of time for us. And, and we just need to be faithful in teaching the word and loving on people that come through the door. Uh, and, and so uh, one of the things that, that, uh, that we talked about last week is as we talk about the scripture, remembering that God is in control, we, we do have uh, authorities that we do have to follow. And the only time we talked about it that we don't have to follow is in as we talked about in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. And so in Daniel chapter 2, one of the things we see is that Daniel has already stood up and said, I, I, I can't do this because my God won't allow me to. And, and it's a reminder to us there are things that are happening now uh, with vaccines and things like that. And I'm not going to get into the, the, the ins and out of it, but there are people that are having to stand up for the conviction that God has put on their heart. And they're, they're obeying God instead of man. And, and so, uh, you know, we need to be praying for those people that are going through that. A lot of them are, uh, may be losing jobs, you know. We see that happening. He's also in, in, in charge of the, the, the times and seasons. And so God is at work in, in our individual lives as well. And, and he's, in, he's got everything planned out in God's time. And because God stands outside of time, that's one of the things we need to remember. And, and, and the other thing that he shared in that verse is that he, he gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. And, and so when we seek wisdom from the Lord, one of the things we have to do is to... To, to seek it in faith, right? In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given, uh, given him. But let him ask in faith, no doubting, for the one who doubt is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, for the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. And the other thing that, that Daniel received was knowledge and wisdom. He had the knowledge of the Lord and not that God gave him the vision, the dream. You know, this is, I mean, if you think about it, this is a man's dream. And none of the, none of the demonic magicians or, 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 you know, the necromancers or any of those people could, could, they couldn't do it. Daniel says, as a man of God, 14 years old. Steps up and says, let me go to God. Give me an appointed time with the king. And God gives them the vision. We need to understand that no matter what you're going through, God will give you knowledge and understanding. We need to seek it. In verse 22 of Daniel chapter 2, it says, He reveals deep and hidden things. And this is where we left off last week. Right? He reveals deep and hidden things. And so, one of the things we have to ask ourselves is that we're filled with the Holy Spirit do you seek the deeper things of God? Right? Do you seek the, the deeper things of God? I was talking to court this morning, and one of the things I loved is that, you know, he, we were talking about the news and, and how they approach the news through the Word of God. You know, that's how we are supposed to filter our lives. So the, the Bible should be here, and then we look out into the world. 
And, and that's important for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7-10 through 10 says this, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals the things of God. And that's why we talk about the connection to the power of the Holy Spirit and the importance of it. How, how does that happen? That's, that's revealed to us through His written Word. That's how it illuminates in our lives. And so we need to be connected to it. A believer needs to have the understanding and the meaning of the application of Scripture, and God will provide it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Now we receive not of the Spirit, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interrupting Interpreting the spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The things we receive come from God. When you give your life over to Christ, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And that's what happens with worldly thinking. When you're talking about the things of God and you say, man, this person is just not getting it, it's because they don't have the Spirit of God to reveal it to them. And so you need to be praying for that to happen. And, and then and finally in verse Corinthians 2, verse 15 and 16, it says, The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ in you. you. You have the Holy Spirit to guide you, to direct you. And, and that's why being connected to that power of the Spirit is so important because if not, what happens is you don't grow and you, you, get, you start to drift away. And, and, and that's when it's harder to kind of to establish and, and, and understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you to do. And that's what happens. People will... I love that this era was honest about that. Because there are times, man, look, I got a men's retreat to go to tomorrow. I don't feel like going. And I know that's from the pit of hell. Because I start thinking, man, I'm tired. I, I, I don't feel 100%. My body's worn out. But where are we at? Where we're supposed to be. That's the spirit that moved you here today. Because it would have been easy to go, you know what, I have surgery tomorrow. I'm just going to go ahead and chill out at the house. Right? But the spirit of God, you know, it's, it's the devil doesn't want you here. And, and so when we think about the deeper things of the, the, the hidden deep things of God, it's like, 
Man, it, it, I love that because at the end of the day, we have, we have the Holy Spirit that's in us. And sometimes when you don't have the strength to pray or you're struggling and you don't have the strength to get up, the Holy Spirit does. And we need to remember that, right? And it says in, in verse 22, He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with Him. In Job chapter 12, verse 22, it says He uncovers the deep out of the darkness and brings deep darkness to light. So no matter where somebody is, and we're going to talk about that this weekend when we get into the book of Mark in chapter 7, He's going to end up going to Tyree, going to a lady that nobody would have talked to. It's not the woman at the well. It's somebody else. She was a Canaanite woman. And the Jews would have had nothing to do with her at all. But Jesus is going to talk to her, and out of the darkness, she comes to the light. And her child is saved. In verse 23, it says, To you, O God, my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to the king's matter. And so he's referring to, uh, you know, the, the unconditional covenant. He's saying, God, he's, it's confirming you have to understand, they were exiled. They, they, they were no longer in their home. And God answers, and it confirms that, hey, the covenant still stands. They're exiled, and the covenant still stands. That's why it was so important. I love what he does. He prays, he hears, he worships, and then he gives thanks. Think about that. When's the last time that you stopped when God has done something in your life and just prayed and gave worship to God and thanked Him? It's something that we, we probably all need to work on. Verse 24 says, Therefore Daniel went to Antioch, and, and whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. It would have been easy for him to say, you know what, go ahead and kill all those demonic people and I'll go ahead and tell the king what the... <laughs> right? I'll tell the king what the dream is. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. It wasn't in his heart. And he says, bring me in before the king and I will show the king's interpretation. Then Adioch uh, brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. Isn't it funny how Adioch takes the credit? I found, I, I found him, right? But Daniel's going to share here. He says, and then the king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshar, uh, are you able to know, know to me the dream that I have, ha have seen in its interpretation? And Daniel answered the king and said, No wise man, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mysteries that the king has asked. So that's a, a, a thing for us to remember. No astrology, no tarot card, none of that stuff is going to give you any kind of wisdom from God at all. It's, it's, you need to stay away from that stuff. And he says in verse 28, But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar that there will be a ladder 
days, your dream, and the vision of your head as you lay in the bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in the bed came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. He's talking about the latter days in, in, Jake, in Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. Uh, then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. And, and when we get into these verses of prophecies, we'll get into more detail when we get to chapter 7. Because this is kind of like the appetizer. Because when we get to chapter 7, we've got to deal with everything. Uh, and so we're going to start it off here. He says, But as for you, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have. So that's the humility that he has. He's like, it's nothing that, that I... It's, it's God. More than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction... And wisdom and humility comes before honor. Daniel was an extremely humble guy. And, he, and we know that just by looking how he gave glory to God immediately as soon as the dream was made known. Second, Second Corinthians verse three, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 says, now that we are sufficient in our, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. See, what happens is a lot of times people will come into their, their walks or come into uh, being their abilities in Christ and they think, well, these are the things that God is using and look what God is doing, right? But it, it, with humility, it, we don't bring anything to the table. Okay? Uh, I could not be here next Sunday and the church would still go on. That's, that's the reality. Right? Not one person in the church is, is that important. That's, that's the reality of it. It's, at the end of the day, God, this is God's church. You know? You know I, I know guys that are already ready to go to go plant soon. I can be replaced real quick. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's who God needs here. And so when we start being sufficient in ourselves and our own capabilities, that's a dangerous place to be because that's where pride lives and, and, and it stumbles a lot of people. Verse 31 says, You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. The image mighty and of, of, you, of exceeding brightness stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. We know that this troubled the king because back in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, it says that his spirit was troubled. He couldn't sleep. Right? Has any of us ever had a dream where we, we, we could not sleep when we woke up? It, it troubled us so badly. You wake up in the middle of the night, you start praying. You're like, I don't know what that was, but I need to start praying, right? Those things happen. And Nebuchadnezzar was frightened. Here he is, the king. He don't have to answer to nobody. And he's frightened because he has to answer to God. It says in, in verse 32, uh, and, and the statue that he saw, just so we know, it's a big statue and it's a, a pagan idol. So you can imagine the king looking at the statue up. 
And that's what he was frightened of. Okay? It says in verse 32, The head of the image was of fine gold, and its chest of armor, arms of silver, its middle and its thighs of bronze. Now, all of these things, again, deal with the head, deals with the lion back in Daniel when we get to Daniel chapter 7. We're going to get into a lot of this as we, as we dive deeper into it. It deals with, and I don't want to give you all just a history lesson, but it, the prophecy deals with the, the head itself, the gold, was Nebuchadnezzar, was the Chaldeans, was the, uh, the Babylonian Empire. Okay? That was his empire. And the breast and, and its armor, the silver, the bear, which is in Daniel chapter 7, verse 5, that deals with the Medes and the Persian Empire. Now, the, the Babylonian Empire only lasted some 80 years. That was it. It's not long for an empire. Think about how, how, how long America's been around. We've lasted longer than the Babylonian Empire has, right? And then it says the, bellies, uh, the belly and its thighs, that's the bronze. And, and uh, that, that actually deals with the leopard. And, and that's gonna, we'll get into that in Daniel chapter 7, verse 6. And that's, uh, you know, as we deal with uh, uh, Greece under the uh, Alexander the Great, and uh, it also deals with the, uh, the shaggy goat in Daniel chapter 8, verse 8, which is Greece under Alexander the, Eight, uh, Alexander the Great. And then verse 33, it says, And the legs of iron, his, his feet partly of iron uh, and partly of clay. So the legs itself represent the, the Roman Empire. And, and as we look at the, the feet, think about it's baked clay and iron. So it's not strong. So you have all this strong metal at the very top, and it decreases as it goes down. And it, it can be knocked down pretty simple, you know. And that's what we're going to find out. So it, it decreases in value as we go down. And so it says in verse 34, As you looked, a, a stone was cut out uh, by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of the iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Now, we believe, and I believe, that this is Jesus Christ in His coming kingdom. It tells us in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14 and 15, it says, And He will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both the house of Israel and a trap and a snare to its inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it, and they shall fall and be broken, and they shall be snared and taken. In Romans chapter 9, verse 33, as it is written, Behold, I am laying the Zion, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. In verse 35, it says, Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold, all together in broken pieces, became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, so that not a trace of them could be found, but the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. In First Peter chapter 2, verses 6 and 8, it says, For it stands the Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor... 
is for uh, you who believe, but those, uh, for those who do not believe, the stone that uh, builders rejected has become a cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And they stumble because they disobey the word and that's they were destined to do. So we have uh, Jesus. But some people will, uh, you know, as we look at this, we'll say that the, the Roman Empire has already fallen. Jesus already came. And that's the whole argument that they'll go with. And that's wrong thinking. Um, yes, the Roman Empire has fallen. But when we deal with the prophecy, we know that the Messiah is going to return. And we believe that the Roman Empire will, there'll be a form of a Roman Empire that will, uh, will come back uh, during the tribulation. And, and that Antichrist will rule. But like I said, we'll get into a lot of that as we get into chapter 7. Uh, but we know that the stone cut without hands is the Messiah. It's the church. Jesus is going to come. And, and Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, and, and verse 24, 20, verse 4, it says, in the, in the end of the tribulation period, Jesus will come back to conquer the earth at the battle of Armageddon. The nations will be gathered to him against him to battle him. And he will wipe out all the enemies. Just as the stone strikes the feet of the image, the whole image shatters. And then he'll set up his earthly king, kingdom for the thousand year ruling over the whole earth. And that's why it says in Psalm 118 verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So Jesus Christ has become the chief cornerstone of the church and God's temple, binding the Jews and the Gentiles together in one sanctuary. And one day Jesus will return as the stone of judgment and crush the kingdoms of this world. That's going to happen. Verse 36 says, this was the dream. Now we'll tell you the interpretation. Can you imagine the king's surprise here, right? <laughs> because this is exactly what he dreamed. So he gives, them, uh, he gives them the word of truth here now from God. And it says in, in verse 37, You, O king, the king of kings, uh, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might, and the glory. So the term king of kings that's used here is he's the supreme king of the world at this time. And it's the same uh, language that was used in Ezekiel chapter 26 verse 7. It says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against uh, Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and the, and the king of kings, which uh, with horses and chariots and with horsemen and the host of men, uh, many soldiers. So we see that uh, that term that's used again. And, and so, um, but we need to remember there's no match for the king of kings who is Jesus Christ in Revelation 17, verse 14. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord, for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings and those with him who are called chosen and faithful. In verse 38 of Daniel chapter 2, it says, And into those, into whose hands he has given where, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the rulers of the heavens, and make you rule over the all. Uh, all you are the head of gold. And so he's telling them like, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of the, head of the gold. You have control only because God has given you control. And that's the only reason why you have it. Right, And then he says in verse 39, Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, the Medes and the Persians. Right? 
All these prophecies were fulfilled too, which is, and that's why liberal theologians will try to say that, well, this was written at the time of Jesus, and that's not true. Remember, we talked about that in the introduction when we talked about how this was confirmed in the Dead Sea Scrolls and how, it, how far it went back. And it says, And yet the third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over the, old, over the, uh, the earth. And, and so we know that uh, the breast and, and the arms of, uh, of silver are represented the kingdom that followed ba uh, the Babylonian Empire, which was the Medes and the Persians. And... Uh, and so the Mede and Persian Empire, they, their kings didn't have absolute power the way that Nebuchadnezzar did. And, and I'll, like I said, I'll get more into this as we get into chapter 7, get into more detail. I don't want to make this like a history lesson because then you'll just fall asleep on me. Yeah, all right. And so it says, And another kingdom inferior to you shall arise, and yet a third kingdom of the bronze in which shall rule over uh, the earth. The bronze was the Grecian Empire the, under Alexander the Great. They conquered the Medes and the per Persians over a five-year period. And then it says in verse 40, And there shall be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, because iron breaks uh, to pieces and shatters all things like iron that crushes it. It shall break and crush all these. And this was the Roman Empire that defeated the, the Greeks in 63 B.C. Uh, the Roman Empire is kind of funny because the Roman Empire actually self-destructed, right? Not really ruled. It was Caesar ruled, right? But also with the Senate. And it got to a point where people didn't want to do anything. They wanted the Roman Empire to take care of their every need. And it self-destructed from within. Just, you know, history shows us things if we look at it, right? Can't get rid of all of it, so that's... And so it, it actually self-destructed. Verse 41, and it says, and, and as you saw the feet and the toes, partly of the potter's clay and partly of the iron, it shall be divided kingdoms, but some of the uh, firmness of the iron shall be in it. Just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay and, and at the toes of the feet uh, were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. So, ten toes. Ten toes. Compared to ten horns, uh, we'll, we'll look at this when we get into Daniel chapter 7, actually in verse 24. And then like I told you all, when we get into this, we'll be dealing a lot with the book of Revelation. Uh, in Revelation 17 verse 12, it says, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings, right, who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. And so we believe that the ten nations will be renewed in some form of Roman Empire. Uh, and there will be an alliance with the Antichrist. Um, and, and like I said, we'll get more into the Battle of Armageddon and, and, and all of this as we get into chapter 7. Uh, and, and so, but remember the frailty of the, the iron and the clay. And, and the, the rock hits it and is done. Right, And it says in verse 43, and this is what we see here. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And so their kingdom will have a, a, seem like it has strength, but it will be so frail as soon as the rock hits it is done. And the whole, the whole idol comes down. 
In verse 44, it says, and, and in those days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces in all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces in the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to you the king what shall be after this, the dream certain, and its interpretation sir, uh, sure. And so he's telling them this is what God has said. This is what's going to happen. And this is what happened. Anyone who doesn't believe the Bible needs to look at prophecy. That's what eschatology is. It's just a fancy word for studying of end times. But you'll find prophecies that have been answered time and time again throughout the Bible. The proof is there. Like I said, it's someone who doesn't have the Spirit of God, they may see it as folly. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that's one of the things that we, we have to remember. It's like we, we can show them in the Word. This prophecy was fulfilled and this prophecy was fulfilled and they still won't believe. And, and that's why you have to pray for that softening of the heart. <laughs> and honestly, for that rock to hit their heart and break it. Right? That's what Jesus does. He breaks it apart. Softens it. And then we come to know Him. Verse 46, The king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering, an incense, be offered up to him. And the king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is the God of gods, little, little g, and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. So he's saying that your God, there is no other God that can reveal this. It's, it's the God of Daniel. Uh, and then it says in verse 48, Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts. And, and this is just, it reminds me so much of Joseph, remember? When Joseph uh, read, uh, gave the dream for the Pharaoh and made him ruler over the whole promise of Babylon and chief protector of all, over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of, the ba of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. And it's amazing that, you know, not only Daniel, Daniel's given all these gifts, and what does he want to do? He want to bless others. His friends. Because they were there praying with him that night too. And he's like, I need you to bless my friends too. And, and so, just a quick summary, and then we'll close it up here. Um, when we look at Daniel chapter 2, and I don't know why I wrote this down, but now I understand why. Because this is what the Lord had given me. Um, there are truths about God in Daniel chapter 2 that we need to hold tightly to. Okay? Um, Daniel chapter 2 verse 18, He is the God of heaven. Daniel chapter 2 verse 19, He reveals the mysteries. No matter what you're going through, He can reveal those things that you're struggling over. You just need to seek Him. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. Wisdom and power belongs to who? God. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. He changes the times in history. 
Today may be a bad day, but tomorrow may not. We don't know what God has planned. Right? God stands outside of time and, and, and knows the, the, the beginning and the end of our story. We need to remember that. And also for us as, as a nation. Right? He changes times in history. Okay? Right, right now, what's going on, who knows? We need to stick and keep sticking to the Word of God. Right? Let's just keep doing what God's called us to do and not worry about all the noise. Okay? Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, 37, and 38. He removes kings and establishes kings. Okay? That's important because it's, it's the Lord doing it. And I, I really believe we're going through a time of judgment right now. Some of the things that are happening in this world, I, look, you cannot continue to, to abort babies and not think that the nation's not going to be judged at some point, right? You can't. But he changes times in history. So what should we be doing? We should be on our knees praying for this nation. We need to stand for Christ. We are not supposed to coward and stay insulated in the church. Okay? That's an easy thing to do. And a lot of churches are doing that. So that's why when we do the Cactus Fest, we're going to love one. And I'm going to tell you, I've been to a couple meetings for things. People need Christ. There's a lot of division and a lot of hurt in this town. People need the Lord. They just need to be loved on. Okay? Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Daniel chapter 2, verse 22, He reveals the profound and hidden things. He also knows the darkness and the light that dwells within Him. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, He will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will be crushed and put in an end to all these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. And we're a part of that kingdom. If you've given your life to Christ, you're a part of that kingdom. You need to find hope in that. Daniel chapter 2, verse 45, he knows the future. He, he knows the future. And then finally in Daniel chapter 2, verse 47, he is a God of gods and the Lord of kings and revealers, revealer of mysteries. Right? He reveals. He's the king of kings. I think sometimes we forget that. We and so, you know, it comes back down to just at the end of the day, Remembering that it's the wisdom and the knowledge and, and understanding that God's in control and we're not <laughs> as much as we want to be, right? As much as we want to be. And, and so, um, you know, we just come to a place where we, we understand that, that we serve a God. That, that's why I love that title, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. That's straight out of Scripture. And Lord, would we, what it would be to see 14 and 15-year-olds to stand the way that Daniel and his friends stood. Right? It's so easy to, in this world today, just to, to fold up and call it a day. Right? 
That's not what we're supposed to do. We need to stand boldly for the Lord. And, and that's we're going to continue the story in Daniel chapter 3. And they're going to continue. These young kids are going to continue to stand for God. And stand against a king. Because who? Right? Because God had put that on their hearts. And that's why we, when, we, when we look at that verse in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Okay? And, and we, we see it, and it's amazing because right at the very beginning of exile, it would have been so easy for the king to execute these four and be done with it. Because I really believe that's what, what our culture wants to do now. They want to cancel you. They don't want you to have a voice. It's easier to cancel you. Because let me tell you something. If you go back on anybody, I don't know how long, who's been the longest on social networks? I don't care if you were on the original, you go way back. What was the other one? MySpace. You go back to MySpace, that's an old school. Y'all probably don't even know what that one is. You go, that was Facebook before Facebook. You go back to MySpace, you go back to Facebook, you go back to Instagram, you go back to TikTok or Twitter, you go back to Snapchat. I don't care who you are. Over the last 10 or 15 or 20 years, you're going to find something that you did where you go, man, what was I thinking? That we should all be like, man. And that's what they do. That's how they cancel people. They, they, they go through histories looking for stuff. Can you imagine if that was our life? <laughs> that's, not, that's why that song was so per beautiful. We have freedom in Christ. God's forgiven all that stuff. Right? We stand boldly for the Lord. And there are times when uh, you can barely stand. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit that gets you up and gets you moving and brings you in on a Wednesday night. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Because we need this. We need the fellowship. We need to be praying for each other. We need to know that, hey, I can pray for you. I hear you. I, I, I can hear something's on your heart and I'll pray for you. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to close out and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Miss Diane's surgery for tomorrow. I know uh, that we just want to pray for the doctors and the nurses and, and just everything to be in place and ready. And we just pray for anything else that's heavy on someone's heart here tonight. And all. And let's just give that over to the Lord. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. I'm going to give you a few, a minute or two just for you. If there's something on your heart that you need to give up to the Lord, just you do that. Okay? That's what we're here for. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We do pray as we dive deeper into Daniel and as we get to chapter 7 and we start dealing with prophecy and and um, and even the things like even as we know those ten toes and the ten horns and the ten kings that's to come in the future uh, we'll talk more about that and 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 uh, but we thank you Lord that we can read your scripture tonight and see that even in exile as 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 they fell that you were there for Daniel. And it was a reminder that the covenant, the same covenant you made with Abram, is still today even through Jesus Christ. 
and that our sins are forgiven. Uh, we just have to repent and confess them to you. But Lord, there are things that are probably that are weighing on us tonight that are heavy on our hearts. First, we want to pray for Miss Diane. We pray for her surgery. Lord, we ask that you would be with the doctors, that you would guide their hands, and, and, and that I, I pray even one of the nurses that they would know you, Lord, and, and just encourage her tomorrow. Pray for the recovery, for any pain, for the healing, Lord. We just lift all that up to you. And we pray, Lord, I know that uh, as we walk through these doors, uh, I, even myself, you know, I'm, I'm a little sore. Whenever the weather changes, it's a fun day and all. It's uh, joints tighten and it's hard to move around. But Father God, I, I, I know that there are others here and there may be something on their heart tonight. And I just want to give them a little moment uh, that they can be with you and just give that up to you, Lord. Even if it's just to cry out and say, Lord, just hear me. I need guidance. I need direction. I need discernment. Whatever it is. Whether it's something that's going on with one of our family members or our kids. Whether it's something going on at the school or whatever it is. That we can come to you and just. That's what I love is to hear those kids and hear that they're just enjoying their time with you, Lord. And that's how we should be. We're called to be like children that just come ready to worship. Come ready to give up those things and, and just be with you. And, and Lord, I just want to give everybody just a moment here to, to do business with you, so to say. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight as we hear the joy and the freedom that the kids have as they're back there worshiping and, and, and just having fun, Lord, and, and hearing your word. I pray that that would be the same excitement that we would have as we come here. And there are times when we don't. And I, I just thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit that you move us to the direction of the church. You move us to the seats and to be here with you. I thank you so much for all that you're doing. I thank you for the worship and for the children's ministry and for the sound and for everyone that was here putting together the, uh, the bags for the Cactus Fest. And we do lift up the Cactus Fest as well as we'll get the opportunity to serve for that. And, and we just pray, Lord, for that day. Uh, and we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.